Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Welcome to the after party. It's time to change. You're just getting started. You can teach an old dog new ways and not just on Saturday. Hi, you guys. It's Anna David with After Party Pod. I just started this and then I hated what I said and I stopped it. Fuck. Progress, not perfection. I'm working on accepting myself as I am. But I'm recording this right now, hot on the tails of my guest having left the room uh, slash the interview because she was so fun and I enjoyed it so much. And I know it's like... It would be like saying that I love my cat Lily more than I love my cat Toby, which honestly I do, but you're not supposed to pick favorite guests, but this, I'm just going to tell you right now, you haven't listened to this one. This is one of my favorite guests. I just met her ish. Um, her name is Mo Gaffney. You know her. You may only, you may not know me and you're here because of her. Um, if that's the case, I respect you immensely because God was she fun. God, very, very funny woman. You know her. She, 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 she launched to stardom with uh, the Kathy and Mo show with her friend Kathy Najimi. Najimi. I feel like I just said that wrong. Um, so the Kathy and Mo show was was it was off Broadway and then it was on HBO and then it won Obie Awards. I mean the whole the whole deal, you know. And then she was on that '70s show and she an Ab Fab and Mad About You and. Um, so she's done a lot, but what I, I knew, I had had her, uh, she has a podcast, go listen to it, The Momo Show. Uh, it's a delightful podcast, I'm a listener, and she, she does it with Morgan Walsh, previous podcast guest, Morgan Walsh, and, um, and, and I heard about them because Laura House, who you may remember from the very first episode, was originally the co-host of this show, uh, anyway. I, I, I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but I knew about her, and then I thought I could never get her. And then I thought, you know, I bet you she doesn't even talk about, you know, I don't know, you Google her name and alcoholism, nothing comes up, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I feel stupid. And I reached out, and it happened, and, you know, it was just good. You'll get it all from her in a minute. But it was just one of these, a lot of times with these conversations, I'm very conscious of the fact that we're sitting in my office, and I'm asking questions of either a stranger or, or, or an acquaintance. And I got to get everything I got to get, like when they were born and when did they have their first drink? Are their family members alcoholic? And what happened next? And what were the dark years like? And, and all of this, and, and this was just so natural. And I forgot I was even in a conversation. I forgot. I certainly forgot I was hosting a podcast, whatever. Um, really a delightful woman. So, uh, you're about to find all that out. I, I don't have anything to tell you because I just recorded the intro to uh, this the previous episode, like the other day. Uh, and so 
I, I'm, I'm sorry for you, or I'm happy for you. I have nothing new to report, um, except that I didn't sleep at all last night. Just like a combination of things, you know, nothing bad, weirdly good things that, that made me unable to sleep, but I am a lunatic when I don't sleep. I mean, I basically should not be allowed um, in a car um, around people, any of those things. And so I, I, I was doing that. I went to Denny's for breakfast. That's a decision I would never make in a clear state of mind. I ordered the Grand Slam, like I ate every bite. And, um, and then I was just like, I don't even think I can do this interview. And, and so, but I'm now, I'm enlivened by having spoken to Mo Gaffney, but make no mistake, I am turning this recorder off and I'm going home and, um, I'm taking to my bed as, as, they would say probably in the Victorian age, but I'm going to take to my bed with my computer and keep working on After Party Chat, the, your favorite website. If it's a website you've never heard of, go to it. We have amazing articles uh, about addiction, recovery. They're funny. They're sweet. You laugh, you cry. Uh, essays, experts answering questions, interviews. Did I say that? News blogs. Anyway, check that out. But first, check out everything about Mo Gaffney and enjoy this interview with her. I first started taking drugs by chewing blocks of hash. Oh my God, I think my copy has like blood stains on it from shooting up while reading it. Party animal, I hate to say that because that makes me sound Paris Hilton. I was on the, as I call it, the Autobahn to nowhere. I'm very lucky because would you have wanted to have a celebrity junkie for a dad? You know, I only have to be anonymous about everybody else's. I agree. I don't have to be anonymous about my own. I agree. People seem to get very confused about that, though, don't you think? Well, I think a lot of people... We can talk about it on the air. We're talking we on about the air? it on oh, the air. Okay. I think a lot of people... Um, for instance, when I first got sober, I, uh, I'm in like one of my first meetings with my friend Shauna, who was my, as we say in the biz, Eskimo. Eskimo. No idea where that comes from. But uh, I know where that comes from. Where does it come from? Well, I can't tell the tale, but it's something, there's some, I've heard somebody much smarter than me tell the tale. They're like, well, you know that in the, this, this tale comes from, you know, I'm going to look it up. And when look. I post this episode, I'm going to post a look link it to it. Up. Anyway, there's an origin. I love a good link. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, we went to like my second meeting or something and got home and it was the night that Pat, you know who Pat O'Brien is? He's been on this podcast. Well, it was the night His he... His scandal. Yeah. Well, when he, when he on TV said whatever he said, he was like, I think he did the serenity prayer or something. And people are all up in arms because, you know, and he was like, my 12-step program and blah de blah uh. AA. And because they thought, here's this really famous guy that's on the TV all the time, and what if he falls off the wagon and right. looks bad for AA? And so I kind of think, well, yeah, but it looks bad anyway for alcoholics. It's not like we're a group of people that people really look up to. <laughs> you know, when we're sober, we're great. You know, and we have, in my opinion, we're, we're, we're not trouble. Right. But, you know, well, but that's the other thing. I, I find that argument that it'll um, it'll be look bad for AA if you, if you say you're an AA. Well, not look bad for AA, but look not attractive to people right. who are drunk and want to come in and be sober. I don't mean it looks bad for no, AA. Itself. No, no. And I, I mean, was I was jumping from there to yeah. what people, what I will hear people say like, right. to me, and oh. it's sort of like, well, wait a minute. Um, do you hear how AA has been lined out there about how people like Charlie oh. Sheen go on about a 5% success rate? Yeah. And one person who says they're in AA drinking is going to d- 
destroy everything. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it is crazy. So I, you know, I'm not going to talk about the people that go to my meetings no. and say, well, when John Barrymore, uh, <laughs> he's dead, so I can say that. I don't, I don't he's even mentioned know if, in our literature. Did he go to AA? Well, isn't, oh, oh. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm to, another disclaimer. I, I'm not like up on our literature. Mm-hmm. I read, read the book. And I've read the stories at the end, and I like it, and it's good. And, it's a good book. But I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know it by heart. But how long have you been sober? I've been sober. It'll be nine years. Well, it is nine years. It'll be ten years uh, next year. That's congratulations. Yeah. How about you? I'll be, well, really soon. It's November 11th today yes, that we're it is. 19th, 14 years. <gasps> what right the on, fuck? Right up here. Are you, are you intimidated? We just high-fived. <laughs> um, am I, I'm a little intimidated are by you? your sobriety. I mean, it's intimidating. No, I'm a little intimidated. I'm really excited that you're here and okay. um, like slash a little nervous. And when I did that weird like stalking you in the car thing, I was like a little embarrassed. <laughs> but um, What are you nervous about? I don't know. It's just one of people I actually respect. Crazy. But we have mutual friends. Yeah. And well, I had your pre- your host as a previous guest on the show. Right. And I asked her if you'd be open to it, and what here host? we are. My host? Your, your co-host, Morgan Walsh. Oh, Morgan. Oh, the all right. The show. I don't yes, know if you've I heard of it. That. Coming, it's all coming back to me, Anna. Um, okay, so I would love to talk about when, um, how it all started. I mean, we talk about career as well as the drinking career here. Oh, so which career do you want to start with? Well, we like. I like to do a little simultaneously. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where are you from? San Diego. Okay. California. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you grew up there. And you I grew are- up in San Diego. My parents are from New York. And then I moved to New York when I was 20, early 20s, 20 something. Always wanted to be an actress. Always wanted to be an actress. Yeah. But I didn't particularly want to move to New York. I just sort of did on a whim because my friend Kathy was. Right. She said, Do you want to move to New York? And I said, Okay. So we moved. And I lived there for 10 years. And then. Moved back to Los Angeles, and then moved to Los Angeles, and then here I am. Okay, and so and so, your friend Kathy is in Kathy and Jimmy. Kathy Nahimi, yeah. Is that really how you no, say it? No, it isn't. We all been saying it wrong. Here's a funny story about her name. Uh, we were at some awards, you know, thing where uh, you know they have, um, you know, they have their names on chairs and stuff like that. Where you well, yeah. giving out awards, so I get there first, and the one of the people, one of the producer people, comes up and says, "We just want to be really sure how to pronounce Kathy's last name." And I said, "Well, <laughs> uh, in this in Arabic, you don't pronounce any of the consonants, so her name would be Kathy E E." And she was like, "Okay, uh E E," and I was like, "Yeah." And <laughs> so then Kathy got there, and they said. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mo Gaffney and Kathy uh, Ee. <laughs> so now that's that's what I call her, Kathy uh, Ee, because her name is Najimi. It's you say it like it looks. It's it, not like some weird. It's a weird name, but well, it's, it's pronounced phonetically. Yeah, exactly. So there shouldn't so be any confusion. You go, Najimi. Hmm. In fact, my mother used to th- when I first met Kathy. I would say, um, she, you know, she called me, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to go over to Kathy and Jimmy's house. And she thought I was saying Kathy. Kathy and Jimmy's yeah. house, yeah. So we, there was a big joke that Jimmy lived under the couch because we could never find him. Anyways. Um, yeah. So you you guys were best friends in childhood? I'm curious about all no, this. No, we became best friends in young adulthood, mm-hmm. like late teens, early 20s, um, because we worked at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego. Okay. And in the, you know, theater world in San Diego, the sort of alternative... Uh, theater world down there. 
improv yeah. and whatnot feminism. Was there a big improv alternative comedy well, world there? I don't then? know. I think I was in it, so I'm going to say yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, there was a man named Don Victor who was uh, kind of like the big improv guy there. And so I started there at uh, the International Blend Theater uh-huh. with the International Blend Players. And then... Um, did a lot of improv, and then Kathy was a, a producer at a feminist cafe, and she asked me to get some women together and come do improv there. And I knew her before that, but I said, okay. So I found some women. We did a, we had a group called Hot Flashes. Get it? Cute. Um, and so we were together for a few years, Hot Flashes, in California. And then, yeah, so that's that story. But so, and are you, I feel, I'm guessing, I'm feeling like you're part of a, from a big family. Big-ish. I am. How yeah. many? Six kids. Okay. Two parents, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six kids. I have two brothers and three sisters. And I'm going to guess, because now I think I'm so psychic, because I said the thing totally about the big are. family. You are. You're, I love it. Not at all. You're like in the middle. I'm totally the middle. Oh my god! I mean, there's two. There's another person in the middle with me, right? Because it's six. There because, has to be, yeah. right? So it's me and my brother Tim. Uh huh. We're the very middle, and then there it, it fans out after that. And so, and so, twins or every just every year? No, kid? my mom just started uh, at twenty. She got married at twenty. Had mm-hmm. her first kid at twenty-one, and was done having kids. Like it took her like ten or eleven years to have six kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe 12 years. Yeah, she had me when she was 28. Mm-hmm. And then there were two after me and three before me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then my sister Eileen is the youngest. I'm going to guess she's six, four years younger than me. So, yeah, there you have it. And 30, from 21 to 32, she had six kids. Yeah. I had like a lot of drinks and uh, a good time. <laughs> she had six kids. But you have one kid. I do. You have one, because he's off in an Uber. God knows what happened to him. Shh, quiet. (laughs) Uh, He's in an Uber, because, of course, 10 minutes before I have to come here, he's like, Mom, I want to go to the Burbank Burbank Mall Mall and meet his friends. Right. God only knows. He's probably, who knows what he's doing. But I was like, dude, I have somewhere I have to go. Yeah. So then I used my brain pan, and I called an Uber, which then I found out after he was in the car, because I was on, you know, the help page at Uber, and they're like, he has to be 18 or be with a, an adult. And I thought, well, broke the Too law. Too late now. He's really tall, uh, to be fair. So nobody thinks when he gets in the car that he's anything but 18. Wait, he's 17? Is that what we decided? He's 15. Oh, he's 15. But he's super tall. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident he's fine. I think he's... No, he got there and he, everything's fine. <laughs> we gave five stars to the driver and... But we have not performed the citizen's arrest on you for no, having broken uh, so the law. No, I'm hoping later. Maybe, you know, right before the show's over. <laughs> That's what this is about. Yeah, just so we can get this done. I told you I'm psychic. I, I knew that was going to happen, which is why I brought you in here. My son used to th- think psychic was sidekick. Oh, yeah, it sounds a lot like that. Sidekick. Mom, are you sidekick? Do you believe in psychics? Mm. I don't not believe in them. Mm-hmm. Have I, you ever been to one? Yeah. Eh, you know, I think, I don't, you know... Uh, I don't not believe in them. I don't particularly think... I think if they believe in themselves, that's all that really matters. Right. I mean, I think... And it's interesting. I do think it's... I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. I'm going to be doing a story on tarot card readers for Time Out Magazine. Teaser. And so we were... I was just talking to the editor yesterday. And so... And so she was... We were talking about this. And it's sort of like, if you believe it's true, 
It's true. And it, yeah. I think it's a lot like spirituality, you know, it, horoscopes or it, it, from Anything. the dumb things to the real things. Sure. Absolutely. And if it's something you believe in when you go, then by God, go for it. And it will be true. Sure. Um, or, well, no, but I mean, I, you know, in that whole for way. For you, you'll find a way to make it true. Right. Like, did yeah. you ever see Reality Bites, which was the seminal mo- movie of my 20s? Reality Bites? Yeah. Yes. I thought you said Reality Binds, and I thought, is that Amanda's brother? Um, <laughs> reality Bites. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay, honestly. but the, the most important line from that movie is when she's spending all, wasting all of her money on the psychic hotline, and ah. the woman's like, I see an N, and she's like, newsstand. He works in a newsstand. So it's like the way yeah. that we will all find to make it real. You will make it happen. Okay, but so let's go back to you in the middle of... <laughs> Are these six Sorry. children, San Diego? Yeah. And were you like a wild, a wild kid? No, or? I was the one. I pretty much did what I wanted mm-hmm. because I called home a lot. <laughs> oh, and good said plan. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'll be home in, and I wasn't home late. And I, if I said I was going to do stuff, I did it. Meanwhile, I was out causing a lot of trouble. And, what were you doing? Well, just whatever I really wanted to do. I mean, I was always careful because my older siblings had gotten in a lot of trouble about things, uh, for drinking and whatever, all kinds of trouble. And so I just thought, I don't want to live that life. So if I fly under the radar, I can pretty much do what I want. Plus, uh, you know, I wasn't as bad as, I mean, I I didn't do as bad of things as they did. What did they do? They did drugs and alcohol and ran into buildings with cars and had babies and, (laughs) you know, Stuff like that. So, and are they, like, are, did They're any of them sober, or? Everybody's sober in my family. Everybody's sober? Yeah. All six kids? Um, all, well, five kids are sober. Wow. One, I don't want to take her inventory, so she can, whatever. Right. But everybody else is sober. Yep. Wow. And my mom, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. But not when you were a kid. No. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. You gotta drink through all those children. I would. Yeah. I don't blame her for that at all. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to drink through... You know, I have one kid. Yeah, and I, I haven't like, had one, and all well, I wanted to do is You want to drink just thinking about it, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we're all sober. But question about that, by the hmm. way. Do you want to drink? Do you think about it? Um, not really. Yeah. I don't want to drink. Uh, I would like not to have to think about it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like. Mm-hmm. Like certain friends I have, they're, you know, sort of normal people and they might have a drink or not. They might even get drunk, mm-hmm. but it's not like, it's not an obsession of the mind with them. It's right. a, it's just a, you know, I'm, I'll have a cracker with cheese on it and maybe some wine and then I'll go on and do something else with my life. But Would yeah. you want that? When it's, um, not as, not, well, obviously no. Right. Obviously. Or you do it. As myself right now. Right. Uh, I didn't want that. I wanted a lot more. Yeah. I wanted, you know, so, yeah. but I would like to, it not to be, like, there's certain things I think, like, when I was, when I go to, like, I was in France, and uh, it was nice to drink some really good wine in France. It was nice. Uh, I've been in, in Ireland, and I've, you know, partaken of the special kind of whiskeys there that are good. You know, and so there's places I haven't been to that that's a part of the culture that I think, you know, I'm going to have to go. No, and and I don't want, you know, I don't want that. I wish it wasn't a thing. I wish it wasn't a thing. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot out of, obviously, our spiritual program. Right. um, That I'm not going to, I wouldn't want to give up, but 
you know, is, people are like, I'm so grateful I'm an alcoholic. And I think, well, I don't know about that. You know, I know a lot of people because of it that I really love. And I, and I, I think I'm a better person in a lot of ways because yeah. of that program. But that's not saying that people that don't have our program aren't good people too without right. it. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because it is. Yeah. You don't know it is, what it, it is. What it is. You don't know how so, good a person you would or wouldn't be without no it. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, I've probably done some damage to myself and to others through. And would I ha- want to take that back? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. Would. But so, okay. So growing up, the, the older siblings were getting busted. You learned. <laughs> you said, I don't totally. need to get busted like that. Yeah. I'm going to fly under the radar. Yeah. And I did. And I did well in school. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was the cheerleader and I was in plays and I. In yeah. class clownish stuff too, a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Funny. And, uh. Uh, which it came from my family. My family's really funny. Yeah. We, we might be a lot of things, other things, but we're also very funny. And we funny also lot. appreciate funny things and funny people. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did. I was funny. And then I uh, I left home at 17. And that's when you went to New York? And that's when I went to, no, that's when I just moved out. Okay. In San Diego? Yeah. I didn't go to New York till I was like 23 or 24. So you were from 17 to... 23. I was in San Diego doing improv doing and improv, theater. And, having fun. Drinking. Yeah. Doing all that. Yeah, but it, you know what? It wasn't... I wasn't a... I mean, a lot of people have imbibed a lot more mm-hmm. than I did when I was that age. Right. I wasn't... I didn't, like, have liquor in my house. I would go buy liquor if I was having a party or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't, my life didn't revolve around it in any concrete way. Did that start to happen later? That happened later. And when I moved to New York, and while I was in New York, that's when it started to. Okay, and so. Liquor cabinet. Yes. That's the Well, New York is a good place for that. That was a good, those are good years for (laughs) New York. Absolutely fantastic. So you go there, you and Kathy move in together in New York? Uh, Yeah, briefly. I mean, when we, uh, we lived with our, her, her. Our friend Stephen, mm-hmm. who's her best friend from childhood, and we moved in with him for a while, and then, you know, broke up, broke it up, you and know, got our own places. <laughs> we didn't break up. And we're, what part of New York were you living in? I lived first in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and then in uh, then always downtown. I lived on. I lived in Chelsea. I lived in. Uh, uh, what do we call that? I don't know what you'd call that area. I lived there for a year, and then I lived in. Um, uh, on Great Jones Street, Great mm. Johnson Bowery. What is that? Great. NoHo? Yeah. I don't know what that is. You scored some good places. I just lived there yeah. recently. I lived in Chelsea. Oh, yeah. But I, I lived on 18th and 7th, right by Barney's. Oh, wait, oh, I lived... Wait, 18th and 7th? I was on 19th between 7th and 8th. Barney's? Yeah. Barney's is there. Barney's the store. Yeah, you know, I know. It's not. It's like a, not a big one, though. I don't think of it as being right there. Oh, we'll see. In New York, it's it was, certainly was in my time. Barney's was very big. It was like... It was also unaffordable for me, so yes. there's you know, that. I think I maybe went in there twice, and I lived in New York for 10 years, so you'll... So, yeah. So, okay, and so you get to New York, and you're like, what do you start doing? What do I start doing? I got a job. I As mean, a I had no money. What were you I, doing? I first, my first job was uh, at a um, wholesale furniture store, and I had that job for two days <laughs> because I went there, and it was uh, on the east side, 
you know, it was far on the far west side, like 28th and 11th, mm-hmm. and big time uh, hoes on the street there. Mm-hmm. Even when I got to work at 8.30 in the morning, you know. And so, you know, I'm from San Diego, which okay. is, could not be the kinder, nicer, sort of precious place. And there's all these hoes, and uh, they weren't nice enough. That wasn't a problem. But it was a bit of a shock for me. And then I got to work, and they yelled at me. And not to be mean, but that's just how they communicated. Yeah. And I couldn't take it. I did my job, and I did it for two days, and I did it well. And then the third day, I called in sick. And then the fourth day, I said, I'm really, I'm not coming back. And they're like, why? We really like you. You did well. And I said, I just can't. I can't take it. (laughs) I didn't go back. And then my friend worked at a, a PR firm, and I went and worked there. Where they yelled, but in a different way. Yes, where they yelled, but there was the buffer of my friend, who was also from San Diego, also an improv, and ended up working for Marilyn Levine PR Partners, which was in the same, on the same floor as, uh, what's the other one, uh, Barry Moss, he's a casting, he's oh. a, he recently passed away. Oh yeah, he was a yeah. well-known like, yes. guy who gave everyone their first break. Yeah, 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 and it was on the same floor, so we had to sort of walk through their, their uh, reception area. To get to our, and I met Dan Jinx there, who's a big time producer now. Oh yeah, he produced American Beauty. Yeah, and he worked at Barry Moss. He worked at the Moss was something Moss and something. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, that was exciting. Except you'd walk through the casting area, and there's all these people, and they'd look up at you, hopefully, like you had anything to do with it. And I just wanted to say, don't look at me. Right. I work in the PR thing. I can't help you, but later yeah. I can help you once you make it. Oh, right, yes. and I've helped all of them. <laughs> what you're talking about? <laughs> um, but so and so, <coughs> the, the whole thing about them yelling—that's how it, what New York is to me. Is like you go there. Yeah, and, I got used to it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so not okay. But with the me. first day of that that wholesale furniture place, I was like, I can't do this. My feelings hurt so much. I want. Yeah, I want out. So and luckily, I got another job. Yeah. So how long did you work in PR? I for I. P had all I work in PR. I like did all the scut work. I didn't do anything in PR, but uh, I don't really remember. And then I started working at uh, maybe like less than a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it was. Maybe months wise, it was months. It was um, longer than the wholesale furniture place. We know that much longer. Okay. Uh, and then I worked at uh, this is your life, Mo Gaffney. I know. Then I worked at um, Don't Tell Mama, which is a cabaret on Forty uh, Fifth Street. Do you know where uh, Orso's is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's across the street. Anyways, it's on 45th. It's called Don't Tell Mama. It's a cabaret, and I worked there as coat check. Both Kathy and I did. Coat Shoot. check and a waitress and then a bartender. And that we, sounds fun. And we did our show there, too. Oh, you did the Kathy yeah. and Mo show started That's there? That's where it started. At Don't Tell Mama. Yeah, in the back room, cabaret. And so, and so, tell me what that was like. So you start the show. It was immediately. We started successful. our show in San Diego. We did it in San Diego, and we thought we were so great. And <laughs> and so we did it there at uh, the Old Town Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really successful. It really went well. And then we did it at the Old Globe Theater for one night with um, Whoopi Goldberg. Did her act there, and um, these other women. I forget their names, but they were uh, musicians. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we moved to New York, and then we did it at uh, Don't Tell Mama, and then Second Stage Theater came, mm-hmm. 
And then we did it at Second Stage, and then we did it at uh, Westside Arts. And so you moved to New York to do to yes. bring the show there, yes. basically. Yeah. And then, um, and then what happened from there? Both in terms stardom. of stardom. Well, obviously. Period. I stardom. mean, Oscars. Uh, well, come on, Emmys, cable ace awards that have been turned into ace mic awards, stands. Obies. Um. No, the you instrument, did. not the award. We got Obies. You, no, okay. you did get an Obie, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Okay. So, so this. So anyways, this yeah. So we did our show there. We we so we got it on off Broadway. Yeah. And then we got a special on HBO. Right. Right. And then yeah, and then that was that. And then we did um, then we did it in San Francisco as our tour. I'm doing air quotes mm-hmm. because we didn't want a tour. We mm-hmm. didn't want to go around. We just wanted to go one place. So we went to there and did it there for a few months. And uh, then we that's where we taped the special. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, so that's that story. And then we did, uh, there was a, in the special, they left out a bunch of material that we thought was really good. Mm-hmm. What are we going to say? It's bad. Right. Um, but anyway, so then we wanted to do another special. So we did another special called The Dark Side. Mm-hmm. Because what they didn't want was the stuff about AIDS and um, some, uh, you know, stuff about abortion. You know, we had all this material we did. Right. And they didn't want it in the HBO special. So we did it. In the second HBO special, after we had a little bit more clout, clout. they were like, "Sure, whatever you, yeah. whatever you gals want." Yes, and uh, so that's the, that was the dark side. And then, and you started and have continued to work regularly, somewhat regularly. Yeah, like you've never done anything else, not since PR, not since the PR, not since Don't Tell Mama when wow. I worked as, not since I worked as a bartender. Yeah, I don't think so. No, and right, well, writing. I've done some writing that uh-huh. I got paid for, so there's that. But yeah, how about that? How about that? And did your drinking ever um, impact that in a I'm negative sure way? I'm sure my drinking totally impacted it somehow. You know, as far as not taking opportunities and being... Because what what I realized the most uh, when I stopped drinking was just so how unconscious you are Yeah, as a person. You just sort of bump around like an idiot and that's what i did i didn't take advantage of opportunities i didn't make any plan you know i didn't plan my career in any way right i was just yeah so i'm sure it totally impacted that because i wasn't thinking i wasn't but yet i wasn't drunk all the time either i mean i worked and i i did things but i just wasn't conscious of what i was doing particularly i wasn't like uh i didn't really think about it very much yeah Whereas now that I could think about it, you know, it's sort of like I, nobody gives a shit. They do, though. Well, I mean, they give a shit. I mean, I get jobs and stuff. But yeah. I, if I would, would have taken advantage of things when I was had a little more visibility, it would have been smarter. I mean, I, I can't regret it. I can't regret right. it because that's stupid. But I think it did impact. Of course it impacts. It, it always how has your life, to. What happens in your life, yeah. But but the fact that you were that it never slowed you down work wise well, sure did slow me down. I mean, I used to, and I don't do that so much anymore. But on auditions, if it was too far from my house, I wouldn't go. Regard, I mean, even if it was like the perfect part for me or like a huge opportunity anybody would drive five hundred miles for, mm-hmm. I was just like, Ugh, it's in Santa Monica. I can't. It's too far. Right. right. <laughs> How stupid is that? And I didn't really prepare a lot for things. You know what I mean? I just really was kind of just, uh, 
Took it for granted. Yeah. Took it for granted. As I think we all do. Anything yeah. that comes. But you don't know. Like, you know. I mean, I no, just thought, oh, I have know? this. Now this is happening. It's so great. I have this. I'm on this show. Look at me. Yeah. And not ever taking a moment, be self-aware about what's going on. So. But I don't think that's alcoholism. You I know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's I being think, in I your think 20s. the kids probably know more now. Yeah. I think. I don't know because obviously I'm, you know, in my 30s now. But no, As I'm, am I. I'm way older than that. But, um, yeah, so that's the thing. It, there's nothing you can do about it now. No, no. Nothing I can do about it now. But uh, And then when I look back and when I think back at the people I did get a chance to work with and the things I did get a chance to do, I think, well, you did all right. It's not the end. You're, yeah, yeah, and it's you're halfway through, you know? Oh God, I hope not. I hope I'm almost done because I'm exhausted. No, I mean, here's the thing is I... You know, I don't know. I was somebody who couldn't get any kind of a career going at all. Mm, yeah. Like, all I did was get fired and get in fights and have, like, writing partners <laughs> messenger me letters that they never wanted to talk to me again. Like, That's I hilarious. don't know anything about being able to, like, be an active alcoholic and addict and and and, and work uh-huh. and function and, like, have friendships and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, like, I'm kind of getting the sense you were, you were a fun drunk. You were not, like, a nightmare. I was. Yeah. I, oh, I was mostly, yeah. Mostly I was a fun, Yeah. And did yeah, you, I wasn't a mean drunk, and I wasn't a, and I never, I don't think I ever, uh, I was never a blackout drunk. I unfortunately remembered all of it somehow everything, which is good in one way, but in another way, you wake up the cringe festival the next day is uh, is pretty lengthy. What are some of the most horrifying memories you have of things you did while drinking? Falling, yeah. Into a bush with a friend of mine. <laughs> laughing like it was the most hilarious thing, of course. But it was at a rap party for a show I was in. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh, God, I think about it now. But the funny thing is the uh, one of the higher-ups on that show was a huge, you know, I got drunk with all the time. I mean, right. not all the time, but all every Friday night. Right. So I don't know that it really impacted anything much, and nothing does much in in, in, well, in that this world. business. Yeah, in that world, if you're if you're making people money, mm-hmm. they could give a fuck yeah. what you're doing. They'll fall in the bush with you. Yeah. So that was, I mean, just thinking back, and then just um, I know you make bad choices sometimes <laughs> when you're out there. I I sure did. Them back, sure. Did you? Um, and what was your, what was your drink of choice? And did you do drugs, or was it just the alcohol? Oh, I did do drugs, but that was not that was not actually the ever the big problem. Really? Yeah, I, drugs I could sort of take or leave, but mm-hmm. I did do them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for instance, I have done ecstasy before. Yeah. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I'm familiar with it. <laughs> I did that, and I really liked it the first time. I thought this is so much fun. I love it. Yeah. But the second time. Yeah. No, it, it was just okay. So after that, I would pretend to take ecstasy and go out because my friends wanted to take it. And I'd be like, yeah. And I would put it in my jewelry box. Because if it... You'd waste ecstasy like that? I No, it did not go to waste in the end because they couldn't get it one night. And I was like, dudes, look at this. <laughs> I have a whole box of ecstasy. But And I, lo- you know, I really loved it the first time, but I could not get that. I didn't think I could get that back. And that's, I think, the difference. That is genius, what you is just that said. I kind of figured out I couldn't get those sort of highs back, drug-wise, but liquor never let me down. Huh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Liquor, I you do. Can, you I do. always get that boom, and then you're there, and then, yeah. 
So, so my drink of choice was, I was a liquor person. I was not beer and wine. Right. I did not like beer. No. And I wasn't really that fond of wine, actually. I liked um, a martini, mm-hmm. a, a vodka, a dirty martini, and um, a single malt scotch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how many of those would you have? How many do you have to give me? <laughs> like one martini. I mean, I had a decent tolerance. One martini would like send oh. me under the bar. Oh yeah, at least yeah, more than one. I mean, I don't, I don't know because after a while, you're like, you know, at least three, four, right, or right, five, depending. Yeah. Not when I was driving so much with the martinis. Yeah, but in New York. But in New York, yeah. Well, but what you said about the the not being able to get the high bag is so interesting because that is, I do think every time, I was a cocaine person more Mm. than a drinker. I did that too. But but every single time, when you go into the years of doing it and it's Mm -hmm. terrible and you just keep doing it and you're like throwing it away and buying it, you're just trying to get back to that time when you were 17. When it was really fun. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And you delude yourself. But you still do it. I mean, I did that. I certainly did it after and I didn't get that thing back, but... That was, it seemed less, I mean, I didn't do scads and scads and scads and right. scads of it a night with that. You know what I mean? I, I didn't like, never had to go back and get more. Right. But, um, uh, but it's, to me, it, ecstasy was a little bit more like invasive to my system. I felt like, I felt like it was doing worse to me than cocaine was. I have no well, idea why. Well, kind of. It, I mean, we don't really... We don't know. No. I mean, none of it's good, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, no, it's not. I mean, I, I don't feel... I think pot, although, I mean, after a while, I, I couldn't smoke pot because it just made me want to eat and sleep. Yeah. And be paranoid, a little paranoid, too. Yeah. Um, but pot, I think, there's a lot of uses for. I don't have a big problem with... I mean... If you're addicted to pot, maybe not so much. You shouldn't do it. But uh, I think pot should be legalized. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think so, too. The problem with pot, I think, is that the brain is not fully formed until you're in your Until you're 25, yeah. yeah. I have a really good friend who they call Dr. Pot because she she is a neuropsychiatrist. She's a... A muckety muck over at uh, yeah. Harvard McLean in, yeah. in Boston, and um, she d- she's done all the studies on the teenage minds and uh, pot, and she so she tells my son, dude, don't don't smoke any pot till you're 25 because your brain isn't finished forming and it really screws it up. So yeah, I you totally tell. agree with that. I mean, don't you know people now that you're like, oh fuck, you smoked a lot of pot in high school? Oh, I smoked a lot of pot, but you don't have that. Your brain does not feel malformed from pot. Well, yeah, but me and my friend Janice used to go almost every night and do this little circuit in her little MG mm-hmm. in high school. She had a little yellow MG, and we would smoke pot and drive along the beach. And then she dropped me off, and I'd go to sleep. <laughs> like that sounds really fun. Most I useless. Don't, but I don't even like pot, and that's still something I don't like and fun. I don't even. But I did it anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I did pot in high school, and I and I kind of liked it. And then when I got to my mid twenties, it was just my brain was more formed. My paranoia got so bad by then. I stopped doing it for a while, and then when I went back to do it, I could get high on like one hit of pot. Oh yeah, and I didn't like it. And then once, you know what I did once? Everybody, (laughs) can't wait. That's listening. I that guy's got great dreadlocks. They are great. He's not. Not a friendly man. I can't tell about the acoustics here, but that is a man that I have like said hello to seventy six times. Doesn't care. Doesn't doesn't. What if care. we cut his dreadlocks off? 
noticed. I think maybe he'd lighten up. Do you so think to if speak. we had dreadlocks like that? Yeah, he'd he like would, us way he more. He would totally talk to us. Um, okay, yeah. I forgot what I was saying. It was something super interesting about pot. Yeah, high school. High school pot? After the MG, the yellow MG. Oh, yeah, no, we're beyond that. I forget what it was. It's okay. If you forget what it was, then it was probably stupid. I don't agree with that. I think that man with the dreadlocks oh, needs pot. to come in here. Oh, it was about. Uh, yeah, so I could I could get high on one oh, yeah. hit a pot and then you didn't like that. Oh, uh, one time I took a friend of mine had AIDS. Uh, this was in New York, and we went to his house for Thanksgiving, and he gave us like his pot pills. He uh-huh. gave everybody one of his pot pills, and we I've never been so pot high in my life. Was it good? It was it was horrifying. Ah, uh. it was so like we walked home and looked at leaves, and it was all. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Ugh. Ever, ever, ever. So, yeah, pot I can do without. That that was not a, it's not a hardship not to do pot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. So, do, do you remember your first drink and, like, what happened to you and, and that whole yeah. experience? Well, I think it was probably beer. Mm-hmm. And I don't like beer. Mm-hmm. Even today, I don't like... I mean, I never liked beer, but I would never order a beer. If they... You know what? When I was drinking, if the thing was only beer and wine, I'd be like, Go shit. Out? Really? Really? I hated it. I thought, ugh, what am I supposed to drink if you only have beer and wine? How skanky. Mm. Anyways, so I think it was probably beer. And I probably got drunk and threw up. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember the thing where you said to yourself consciously, oh my God, what is this? No, because my parents were drinkers. Right. I knew exactly what it was. So There's you no knew question. that it was going to be like a yeah. magical elixir? Well, at that time, I don't know that it was a magical elixir for me at that time. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. I, I didn't... I had a lot of resentment towards the magical elixir in my family. Uh-huh. And so it really didn't become a magical elixir till later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I actually when I lived in New York. And I certainly drank before then and drank a lot and did whatever, but it wasn't a magical elixir until I was in New York, quite frankly. And how did that change? When did, how did it become that? Going out. Um, uh, going out, going to clubs in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all came, it all came together. And, but did you have this sense of well, like... I, yeah, it all came together. I drank beer in San Diego, mm-hmm. because that's what everybody sort of drank. Right. And, uh, you know, shots of tequila and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I wasn't crazy about it. Mm-hmm. I, You know what I mean? It wasn't a magic elixir for me. And I, you know, it wasn't until later when I drank scotch and freaking martinis that I was like, oh, And what okay. did it give you? It gave me, uh, well, even now, I, I'm... I'm an outgoing person, but that's a job. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can go anywhere. I can go out here and start talking to these people, and I would have no problem with it. Yeah. But it takes a toll. It's a job. It's not like uh, I don't really relax into it so much. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. One-on-one with somebody who's nice to me, I'm like, I'm great. But when I have to go, you know, I'm a performer. Right. So that's not a problem. But when I drink, or when I drank, it wasn't such a job then. Yeah. It was a lot more comfortable and easy and fun. Yeah. 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 So do you, you consciously have to make an effort now. You're like, well, i got to turn this on. Well, 
I just have to, quite frankly, I think it's my nature, and I don't know for sure. I can, I can only imagine, think, uh, posit mm-hmm. that it's my nature to be kind of a loner and be kind of a. I love to read, mm-hmm. and uh, I like researching stuff, and I like that sort. I mean, I like that stuff. I mm-hmm. like it. Like I'm on, right now. I'm doing the ancestry thing with my family, and I have been in a K-hole, and as a fellow uh, abuser, I've been in a K-hole myself, uh, well, yeah. literally. I have Is been it 23 a- and Me? Is that how you're doing it? Uh, no, I'm doing it with Ancestry.com and all these newspaper things, and then Library of Congress. Oh, wow. And I'm finding all, all the shit about my family. But, I mean, you have to... It's got to be something you like to do. Yeah. Because it doesn't just appear. You have to really look and... Right. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I like to do. I really, really like it. And that's kind of solitary. Yeah. And reading is very solitary. Yeah. Usually. Um, so, but my life hasn't been so much that. My life has been... External. It's something... And I come from a huge family, you know, big family of big, a lot loud of loud family. people. yeah. And so, I don't know if it's a reaction to that. I mean, who knows Who knows why? It's just that. Right. And I'm sick of wondering why. Because, I mean, people have always said, I hate your reading. I hate your reading, Mo. Are you reading? I hate your reading. Because... I read a lot. Yeah. I would rather read than a lot of things. Yeah. And so people I feel have way. hated my reading. Because they want you to hang out. They're like, why because do you they want to read? talk? Yeah. Because uh, I'm completely self contained in that way. Right, right. Um, and, you know, you'll hear people say, I, you know, I always have to be around people, and I think that would be like hell. Hell. And th- But now I think one day I'm going to get what I want and be totally alone, and I'm going to go, uh oh. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean that's when I was writing books. That was all I wanted was people to leave me al- leave me alone so I can mm-hmm. write. Mm-hmm. And then they would, and I would want to die. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. Where did you go? So I just need. I would love to have a companion <laughs> of some kind. Yeah, who could also read with me. That's a. That's all I want. Yeah, that's what I want. And then yeah. every now and then we talk about stuff or talk about talk what we books. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, when we have to go out to some sort of function, you that go, would be you fine. Yeah, and we'd come back and read some more. <laughs> I mean, it's too bad. We, and maybe you know, we, we would have you know yeah, relations you do that. of That's some fine. kind. Yeah. That's good. But no, but it's hard to find people like that. Well, it's hard to find a man who reads. What are you looking at? I'm looking at the check. How much is that for? Oh, a dollar. Nice. I, it was my tax refund from last year. It's beautiful. <laughs> I think baby. it's a dollar a nine. It's beautiful. I have a check for one. I have a couple. Of Wait, checks I feel for like one I, cent. Yeah, you put it on Facebook even. I did. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun when you get yeah. a big residual check big. like that. You think what um, am I going to buy? But so wait. Um, but. When okay, so you get sober. You said so many interesting things, but now I got to go back because I'm a chronological. I am fascinating. You Anna. are a fascinating woman. <laughs> Why do you think you're here? <laughs> so you, um, what made you get sober? What made me get sober? I a couple things. Went to Vegas to do something to do a TV show and with my friend Shauna, mm-hmm. and we. We're running around and drinking and drinking and drinking, and we couldn't get drunk. So we were like, let's go to another, whatever. Let's go to another casino, because we just thought we just have to get out and breathe some fresh air. Yeah. That would maybe wake up the things we wanted to kill, and it still didn't work. And so that's when she got sober. That was sort of her catalyst, one of her catalysts to get sober, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went and did that same show again the next year. And didn't bring Shauna because she had stopped drinking. Right. And 
I went there and I tried to get drunk all night long, and I could not get drunk. What happened in that year in between that? I don't know. Yeah, regular. All right. And um, stayed up till like five o'clock in the morning talking to this guy. Went to bed, woke up, didn't even have a hangover, but I felt what I like to say bereft. Mm. I felt, yeah, totally bereft of anything. Yeah. And I had a kid. You already had a kid? Yeah. So it was like, something's got to, I can't, this is not how I can be. I have a kid. I have to, you know, and you have all all these rules when you have a kid about your drinking. I wait till he's gone to really tie one on. I wait till he's bed to have any drinks. Did you quit while you were pregnant? Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Because of him, I quit. Right, right, right. Because he, you know, I asked my doctor, can I have a, uh, I was in New York doing a, a, off-Broadway show, and I said, can I have a, a scotch on opening night? And she said, sure, you can have one scotch when you're pregnant. So I was really excited. And I took a sip of that scotch, and it was like, oh, it was horrible. He was like, I don't think so. I don't mm. think we'll be having scotch. So I couldn't. And then I, through my pregnancy, I probably had two or three Guinness, or right. not even all of it, just some, just when I was out. And that was all during the time I was in the show. Because we'd go out after the show, and my friend Mira Sayal. Hi, Mira. Hi, Mira. Who is an uh, actress in, uh, she lives in London. She said, you can have a Guinness. Yeah. It's good for you. And so I, I did that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember being out with non-alcoholic friends, one of whom was pregnant, and she was drinking wine, and I was like, yeah, oh, I mean, I you, it's okay. You can't. Oh my! I'm sure my mother and tons of people's oh, parents my drank, smoked straight through drank. anything. You know, yeah, went surfing. I don't know what they did, but <laughs> <laughs> and we're all right. You know, we're allegedly, we allegedly, allegedly, we're all so right. Far up to now. So, and how did this? How did this pregnancy come along? Was this a relationship? I don't know. You were in. Just, it was sort of like, uh, what's going on I in my, my stomach? Period in a while. <laughs> the hell's going on? And then nine months later. Out he popped. Uh, I have uh, I have a baby with a friend of mine. Oh, you do? Yeah. I'm so sorry if this is too personal. I didn't know a that. Bit. Jesus, Anna. That's fun. Um, that was yeah. that was always my fantasy. Mm-hmm. You yeah. did it. Yeah. Wow, and yeah. it's worked. Yeah, so far, it has. Good. Yeah. And so, how old was your son when you got so? Oh, so he, he, was he was new. He was new. Well, he wasn't brand new. He was uh, five. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that bereft morning in Vegas. Yeah. Is when then I got home and I called my friend Shauna. And I mm-hmm. was like, she was like, how was the how was the show? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, eh. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. I feel, what, I feel a little ennui. Mm-hmm. And she said, and then at the end of the conversation, it was like, so the meeting is when and where? And that's... Uh, Prior to that, though, I had gone to an Al-Anon meeting mm-hmm. because it wasn't me. No, 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 the family. It was them. Yeah. And I didn't like that at all. No. Because they weren't nice to me. They weren't mean to me. They were just completely dismissive of the fact that I was there. Yeah. And so they didn't make me want to stay. And when I went to AA, they were like, come on in. Oh, here's our number. Could not have been nicer. I, you know, do you, have you been back to Al-Anon since? Yes. And they were... And I, I went with somebody I know to her meeting, and I knew a couple of people there, and so they were nice to me then. But it's not yet. It's, is it my deal? 
And it is a shock. I, I, I know I went to Al-Anon after AA, and like it was a shock that, yeah, they they really did not give a fuck that I was there. And the no. next week, they still didn't. Yeah. And, I, and then I was like, wait, this is them, quote, quote, working their program, not being nice to me? Like, yeah. that's what they're, you know, oh, these are people who care too much. So, you know, so this they're is not how they're... care at all? Yeah. This is, I, you know, I got, I got some opinions yeah. about that. But, you I know, just like people who've got opinions about AA, there's... I got opinions about personalities of people I've met yes. there. Right. Not Nothing the wrong program. with these programs sure. at all. But so you go and from that time that, that um, yes. Shauna told you about the meeting, you yeah. have stayed. Mm-hmm. And was it difficult? The idea of it was more difficult than the doing of it. I was, I was panicked that I wouldn't be able to drink again because of course you think you have to drink. Yeah. Um, and so... There was that. But after a while, yeah, it wasn't so, it wasn't so bad. I, but at first I was like, and then I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. Why am I even here? Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody says that. I'm pretty sure. I never uh, did, but go on. Point. Yeah. Um, but, and then one day at a particular meeting, I sat there and, and it was like maybe a month and a half in and I thought, and I was like happy and absolutely devastated, and it was because I was happy that I was there, and I was devastated because it's where I belonged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and that was sort of the day I kind of accepted it. Yeah. And every now and then I'll be like, "Are you really enough?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, you, you're the only one who can say, you know, I'm it's the true. only one who can say. Other people can have their opinions about it. Yeah. But it doesn't matter to me unless because I'm the one that, in the end, owns this deal going on, and so and the the only one who can decipher the yeah, deal in the brain exactly. Um, and I so. think that is the major misconception people have. They think, well, how much how much do you drink? Yeah, how many how many overdoses have you had? How many DUIs yeah. have you had? You, they have you think lived under a bridge? That's how one figures yeah. out or can diagnose alcoholism, and they don't get yeah. you know that it's the powerless to me. Yeah. It's the powerlessness. And it's, it's the obsession. Using it uh, to try and make yourself comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And you, if you need something else to make yourself comfortable in your own skin, then that's a problem. Wh- yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And it might be alcohol, it might be drugs, it might be sex, it might be food, whatever it is. If you can't get through the day without, you know, abusing something and using something just to make you feel normal then that you know that i think that's a problem yeah you know i agree i think especially if it's debilitating to you physically and to your people around you yeah in any way so yeah and were you the first one in your family to get sober okay no 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 No, god no my mom did a long time ago Mm -hmm. and my sister kathleen uh did uh, a long time ago longer ago than me i think she's got like 20 years and my brother Michael has more than that and then my sister Eileen has I say she has more everyone has more than me yeah but they didn't say stuff to you while they were doing it no I because I'm sort of the 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 hidden one the what the hidden one the one who kind of got to well not so much hidden as not as bad as yeah I had the house and the car and yeah the seemingly had awards, it together yeah but, uh, and they, you know, had it not 
quite as together. Right. In, in that way. Right. In other ways, they, you know, do very well. But in that way, when they got sober, they, you know, they didn't have what I had. But... But they weren't exactly surprised. They weren't like, what are you doing no, this for? No, not at all. Yeah. But they never were like, you got to quit drinking. Because they never, nobody ever said that to me. Do you, and so how would you say, what's the main way your life is different now that you're sober? I don't drink anymore. Well. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe my honest, my rigorous honesty. It's ruined me for mm. lying. Mm-hmm. It really has. Were you a good liar before? I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know that I was a big liar or anything, but I was a little liar. Yeah. All the time. I think everybody is to a certain extent. What were you like? What would you like? Anything. Yeah. I can't go because I don't feel well. I can't go because I have, an, I, I have another appointment. I can't go. Oh, I totally forgot. Sorry. No, I didn't forget. I didn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. Little things that uh, I can't do now. Even the littlest thing I can't do. Even the littlest lie makes it difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can I can still tell them something. I mean, like, I'll just be like, oh, wow, I didn't need to. Oh, well, this is what I'll do. I'll find myself emailing. And usually if I'm feeling some guilt or shame or something about why, whatever it is I'm sending, my tendency will be not necessarily to an outrageous lie, but an exaggeration of some sort. Ah, uh, yes. And, and sometimes I'll send it. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad. I don't drink. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. But then, like, uh, I and so and sometimes I don't even feel bad afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I do. I'm, I got. I can't lie. I mean, I can lie. I'm sure I still do. Don't you, get me wrong. I'm not like the queen of telling the truth. But I think I'm. I'm less likely to lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love to. There's times I'd love to just lay out a big one. Yeah. But. Uh, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. I don't think I don't particularly think I'll drink over it, but it's really hard for me to be an example to anybody if I'm full of shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Now I fucking feel like shit. You should. No, you should not. <laughs> but that I mean that's like probably one of the biggest ways. Yeah, I would say that's And what about a sense of spirituality? Is that something that you Well, have? that's something that I'm you know, whatever. I'm uh, I'm willing to believe. Mm-hmm. That's all. I'm not saying that I have a... You know, because some of these people in this program, and that's what was always the biggest problem for me with this program, was this idea of uh, them saying God all the time, mm-hmm. which, um, whatever. I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and it's a very funny faith. Uh, and so I... I don't know. I'm willing to believe that there is some sort of deal. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to believe that uh, intentions is the, is the spirituality of the world. Good intentions. Really? Yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, if people look to you with kindness mm-hmm. or love you or love somebody else or do something kind or are giving all of those intentions, those kind intentions add up to an energy mm-hmm. that I'm willing to believe might might uh, have some sort of effect. Do you believe that energy helped you to get sober and helps you to stay sober? Um, yeah. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I've decided to. Mm-hmm. You know, not because I read anything or I had a big... 
spiritual uh, explosion or anything. I've just decided to believe that, which also makes me then try and be uh, kind and yeah. loving yeah. and giving as much as I can. I could be way more, obviously, but uh, that is my inclination. Yeah. I mean, and I tried to change, which my son will argue with me about this, but just my... Like when I'm driving, because mm-hmm. I'm horrible. I hate, I'm hate. i a great driver. Everybody else is a bad driver, yeah, sure obviously. Are. Yeah. But instead of saying, you mother, I don't know, can we cuss on this? Cuss away, please. Oh. You motherfucker. Motherfucking dickhead or whatever it's going to be. I'm like, you sweet darling honeysuckle pie. You know, <laughs> because I don't want to send out. My intention may be mean, but I think I help it. I, you know, you help it dissipate in. with the nice little words that come out instead. Ooh, that's stupid, but I gotta I try. try. If I've decided that this is gonna be my spiritual practice, yeah, why not? I've gotta help it along. Yeah, it's not. Um, I went to a, a life coach when I lived in New York, mm-hmm. and he said that um, if you really want radically want to change your life, you have to do three things. And he's like, "Don't judge," and I'm like, Fuck. "That's really hard." Don't complain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Fuck." I know. And he goes, "Don't swear." I'm like, "That I could do." The other two, I, yeah, I got. I who knows. See, I love swearing. Well, I do too. And you know what? I gave it up for like two or three months, and it was it was so shockingly easy to give it up because it's like. Did you give it up the but, inclination or just the words? So did you say you? It came fudge pie noodle nut. Um, no, Instead I didn't because I'm not dickhead. retarded. No, I um, am. Reti- I am retarded. <laughs> suckle. That's what I do. Um, no, what I did is it's. Or I'll say I love you. I'll be like, I love you when I'm driving. That's great. Instead of something else. Yeah. Well, because I think, because I believe, I've decided to believe in it. I've decided to believe that kind words and intentions uh, make make. Them and you're difference. right. And uh, you're right. Sure, I am. I think I am. No, not. But the thing with the swearing was that something happened in my brain where it started to sound like an affront if I said it or someone else did, and it, it happened immediately. Wow. Where I was just like. Ooh, and I remember going to this here, the spiritual woman, the spiritual woman, that's yeah. in quotes, talk, and she swore the whole time, and I was like, I can't even hear her. <laughs> you were I'm like, so pure. <laughs> and then I went back to swearing. I wouldn't say I feel any worse, yeah. but I don't know. It was weird how possible it was but to you, give it up. You felt there was a difference, and I just felt it in my day to day life. Mm-hmm. I was so conscious of giving it up, and that it wasn't hard. Really? It's so weird, but I wouldn't say that overall. But there's some sort of they just adore. I love them, and I think they're, and I think they deserve to be utilized. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. No, I, I hear you. Just not a driver. There's a question so I yeah. have for you. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, the programs yeah. like Alcoholics Anonymous or any kind of uh, sobriety deal, um, how do you feel about anonymity? Across the board. Obviously, you do a podcast yeah. about it. So I'm guessing that you think it is better to talk about it. Yes. I think that, um, I mean, it's something that my opinions about have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. When I was five years sober, I wrote my first book. And it was all about being so, it was, a, it was like a novel. But mm-hmm. about, and I was like, I will not ever say AA. I will cha- I changed the language. I wanted to talk about what it did. Right. But I didn't want to use the lingo because I right. thought that that was a betrayal. Right. Increasingly, this program, I'm aware of the fact that it has given me everything that matters to mm-hmm. me in my life. Every single thing. 
more than quitting drugs, like right. what this does for me and what it has made me able to do in my life mm-hmm. is so monumental that to watch and read and hear people malign it in such a way is so horrifying yeah. to me that I, I that whatever whatever uh, apprehension I had about it before is superseded by my desire for people to not be influenced by that negativity. Do you know? I, what I don't mean? understand that negativity. Well, I think it's people who tried. And they couldn't do it. And, and with, met some super yeah. militant people. I've met some super militant, awful people in yeah. program. Maybe that's all they met. How about those people? There's a certain program where you have to wear a skirt. Yeah. Dudes, yeah. really? Yeah. I want to totally tromp in there. What's the complete opposite of a skirt? <laughs> yeah. Pants. Naked. Um, I just think. Well, and get, also. You shut have, up. That's what I think. You have to go clean the, the guy's no, yard every that's weekend. That's crazy, town. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. And so. And that's not in the. It ain't in the literature. No. 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 So that, I would say, don't do that kind of AA. But, like, whatever works. You know, my That's first, how I feel. I yeah. feel like whatever works. And you know what? If AA doesn't work for you, look, keep looking down the road because there may be something else. Now, they say a lot, though, that this is the last house on the... Yes. Yeah. I think that that's also what upsets people is yeah. that... that AA does seem to... Oh, we are not speaking for AA, but there does seem to be a sort of philosophy that this is it. Yeah. You die if you don't do this. Yeah. I do not believe... I know too many people who are not doing it and are mm-hmm. not dying and seem to be living lives yeah. that are great. I know yeah. it's true for me that I need it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I think it's spectacular. But I wouldn't say... I would I would say that's the one thing I think, well, you know, there may be other ways. <laughs> true, yeah. this, this works for the people it works for, and hallelujah, and thank God it's here. But there may be other ways for other people. And the reason I think that mostly is because of the uh, religious component. Yeah. Because I totally believe in freedom of thought and freedom from religion and freedom from spirituality, if that's what you choose. Right. And so they sort of squished in there that, you know, we agnostics and uh, you don't have to, but you can see this. And but you, in the end, it's really difficult to do this program and not have some kind of a spiritual idea yes. or, or a higher power of some kind. So. Yes. I mean, and the, even the We Agnostics chapter ain't really Yeah, and they're like, you come around. That's a good yeah. thing. You'll come around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I'm a Jew that, that like, I, there was nothing spiritual about it. It was just this thing that was forced on us. Like, mm-hmm. that was, and so I had no bad ideas about God, and I think oh. that that really has served me. Because yeah. I'm just like, oh, God, I get to make oh, up God, what God is. I say, God, look, God. there's God living, yeah. sitting there on my wall. Yeah. That freak exactly. you out? Not at all. <laughs> I think, I think God would be what, anything. This, yeah. Right there, that letter. Yeah. Happens to be a G. No, it says the end. It really does look oh, like it says e. the God. The God. It looks like it says the God. <laughs> we are looking, by the way, at, um, at. so I had this storytelling show where p- people got up and told, so, t- yeah, there two she tales was, of Love and Love, and people like Laura the, House, and mm-hmm. people the like talented uh, lady Morgan, who I clearly want to be best friends with. And so what we would do is we would have the audience that. write down their own uh, tales. Go get everything to so do with Mo Daphne. with me and thank you, thank you for listening. Keep stories. It was so cool and interesting that one of the things I did with them as I made them reviewing. into this paper we'll see you mache. next time. You should make Think. a book out of it, like that post... Uh, like Post Secrets. Yeah. Why yeah. did you do that? What are you, crazy? Well, because I've done six books and I never want to do another one, so I'm really going to put one six together. Six books like this? No, but I mean... But I, I oh, hear you, but he already... Show. Get it together. He already did. I'll give them to you. You can take it. Make it your totally project. will do. I'll, You'll make it successful. What's it called? Um, I would be the editor of it. Now, you let them all know that these could go... No, that's the other part. Oh, Forget it then. Well, you mean they're anonymous. 
Well, that's well, they are, but you should also put on that. If you do this again, let me help never you doing out. it again. Okay, yeah, uh, but if I did, these might be compiled into a and published. Of course, they are anonymous. Yeah, and, but just so you know, fuck, I did it all wrong. It was two years of that show. Do you know how many little tales like that many, I have? Oh, what am I going to do with you? I don't know. Why didn't we meet years ago? I don't know. Anna. You could have saved your fault. me. Um, I was drunk. No. Um, but okay, we're do- we're we're done. We're totally wrapping up. Do you have anything There's else no that clocks you? Clocks in here. I know it's like Very- Vegas. Oh, I love Vegas. Except- I hate Vegas. That's where you bottomed out. What? I think it's a horrible place. Why do you love it? Why did you love it? Because I love gambling. Oh, you do. Oh, get out of here. What do you play? I play everything, anything. What do you win? Do you I have a win. problem I've with won gambling? Before, yeah. No, because I stop before I lose too much money. That's so great. But um, I've won a lot of money, which is why I loved it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I will say, okay, $300. And you, you do? You go into the shithole, and then you just play with $300 till it's gone, or till you win, and then you leave. You don't... I don't... I will, like, tuck money away when I win. I tuck that money away. So See. I always just use the 300 and then when I'm leaving, I usually That's have right. either lost 300 or have, you know, it, it varies. 600, maybe. Or have 4,000 before. Whoa. Sure. Whoa. Yeah. But not I, more than that. I mean, it's not like I'm Annie Duke on, or anything. Sitting on hundreds of thousands <laughs> yeah, of dollars. No. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I'm too cheap. Like, it just freaks me out. Like, I know. Even, I have friends like that. The idea of giving away $300 for just nothing. for fun yeah. for like an hour I love freaks it. me out. Yeah. I don't do it anymore that often. Last time I gambled was, I don't even know, Anna. I was in Palm Springs, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the smoke is too much for me. When I smoked, it was, I didn't oh, care. Did, but how now long did you smoking, smoke? Ugh, forever. I would still smoke now if I could. But when did you quit? It's against the law anymore. Well, you can still like do it. Like four years ago. Yeah. You miss smoking? I love smoking. Ew. What is wrong with you? I quit. First of all, I smoked for 13 years. I smoked for way longer. Really? Yeah. I smoked up to two packs a day. So did I. That's hard. Do you know you have to really make an effort to smoke that much? Like you're you're lighting up the second you wake up. Oh my God, I forgot to smoke. That's what we used to say when we weren't smoking. (laughs) Well, and it got to be less as... You know, As time years went, went on, on yeah. because obviously you couldn't smoke anymore anywhere. Well, see, and then I, I had I a quit kid, so I could only—I'd have to go outside to smoke. See, so then that made me smoke less, and then finally it was like, I'm really—I'm sick of fighting these people. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, my uh, my thing was like way more dramatic than like drinking a drink. I I I quit, and I was immediately repulsed. I glare at every person who smokes. Do you? I I do. I like look at them like they are fucking insane people ruining our world. And I'm repulsed by the fact that I ever did it. I would kick you if you did that. They don't respond. It's that, it's that, you know how that, the same. I might might actually punch you. (laughs) You might respond. Yeah. You know that saying? I don't, I walk by and I think, oh, remember when I got to smoke? Ew. I loved it. But, okay. I would love it today if I could still smoke. I would still smoke. Ugh. Um, But, you know that saying, resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die? I think when I'm walking by these smokers that I am ruining their day and they're thinking, what a fucking weird lady. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with her? (laughs) It's the truth. Um, Why do you feel so strongly? I don't know. I am repulsed by it. It's not, it's instinctive. It's not like a, it's not like a mind thing. Well, I can't bear, you know, I can't bear it anymore, unfortunately. Your lungs and stuff. Well, the smell of it and... You know, anything about it, really. I'm not going to do it, but... 
if I could still smoke, I would if there was no bad part of it. But there's a big bad Vape. part of it. Uh, it's not the same. Yeah. Have you done it? Yeah. Okay. Are you we, kidding? We're, I still sometimes use a pretend cigarette. You do? Sure. Okay, wait, we're going off on so many tangents when really we were supposed to stop. I can't tell you. It's, it, well, it says three minutes and 48 seconds, and that's because we've gone over an hour. By three minutes and 48 seconds? Yeah, time. Time is Rock so weird, roll. right? But I, this has been so fun. Yeah, no problem. This I, has so, been really easy. You're do, easy to talk to. Well, thank you. Likewise, is there anything else you want the After Party Pod listeners to know? To Well, I would say, um, uh, you know... If you have a drinking problem or a drug problem, uh, you could try a, a, a double A or NA. Yeah. Any of the A's, really. Or uh, at least go to somebody and say you need help. Yeah. And maybe there might be a place they can take you for help. Because let me tell you, it's way better after you stop. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. And don't, you know, online, go online. There's all kinds of places. Just go. And life is so totally different different, and scary and exciting and fucking better. That's one time I will cuss. Yeah. It is fucking better. Even at its worst. Even at its worst, which sounds pie in the sky, but even at its worst, it's like, but at least I'm not a big drunk skunk right now. Yeah. I love this as a note to end on. Inspiring. Look after so yeah, there she was, Mo Gaffney, the the talented lady who I clearly want to be best friends with. So wish me luck on that. Uh, go get everything to do with Mo Gaffney. And thank you, thank you for listening. Keep listening. Keep downloading. Keep subscribing. Keep reviewing. We'll see you next time.